I'm Sarah Vine, and this is Sarah Vine's Fima Half Hour from Mail Plus in association with Boots. I am joined this week and every week by my friend and co-host Imogen Edwards-Jones, who this week has pneumonia. <laughs> I feel like yes, every I week do. you have something differently wrong with you. It's brilliant. I you're do. either abroad or you're ill, or you've got something very special happening. Are you all right? You're in your bed, I hope. Well, I'm in my, and I'm in a full pyjama, if that's very what good. you're looking for. I think note to self, if you've got a tickly cough, don't carry on drinking and smoking and talking too much. Okay. That- <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just keep quiet and watch some television. <laughs> and have a, have some honey and lemon. <laughs> have some honey and lemon and just do as you're told for once. Actually, do you know, everyone's getting ill because it's that time of year. Yes, it is. Um, but actually, truthfully, I could have avoided being very ill if I'd actually <laughs> behaved rather than thinking, oh, it won't matter, just one more glass of wine. When have you ever behaved, Imogen? That's what I well, always know the, the answer to. There is that never, is it's never happened. It's never no, been. No, there was that time that you had pericarditis. You oh, yes. For about, <laughs> you behaved for about a week after that, I seem to remember. God, no, I went to bed and listened to Ray Fiennes for a week. It was actually rather a nice, rather a nice week. Books on tape read by Ray Fiennes. I can heartily recommend it. (laughs) Anyway, we've got quite a good show today. Um, We have. It looks exciting. We've got the whole cost of living crisis, which apparently is Mm. causing people to give away their pets, which is really sad. So we're going mm. to talk to a lovely lady from the RSPCA about that. Yes. And we're going to also talk to someone about this protest in Iran, which I think are fascinating. And yes, just, I do too. these incredibly brave girls yeah. who are taking off their headscarves and waving them, despite the fact that the morality police seem to like killing people. So that's yes, they've interesting. Got guns and, everything, and, yeah. and then we've got a bit of light relief with Hannah Beth. Good. Well, we love her. Which we always need. But first, on the 13th of September, a 22-year-old Kurdish woman named Masa Amini was stopped by Iran's morality police for allegedly breaking a law that requires women to cover their hair. Even the words morality police just filmed. I know, already, exactly. She was taken away by the police and she died three days later in hospital. Since her death, protests, I mean, everybody would have seen this. It's been all over the internet, but it's Mm. been all over the news. Protests against the government have taken place, despite a strong response from the regime. Joining us now is Nagesh Fazad, chair for the Centre of Iranian Studies at SOAS. Nagesh, thank you so much. I mean, this is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's unbelievable and it's utterly heartbreaking Mm. just to imagine what these young people are going through and just feeling so helpless. Mm. What can we do apart from, you know, tweet and share on social media? It's devastating. The brutality of the response is extraordinary as well, isn't it? The brutality is extraordinary. I have to say, you know, despite, you know, having watched this uh, regime for 43 years almost Mm. and knowing that, you you know, they're not a soft, cuddly little enterprise, I was astonished that when the order came that, you know, apply the punishment to the letter, you know, Mm -hmm. do not let them you know, just even you know, come up for air, you know, you go for it, for um, cracking down on it. It's I mean, the, the tragedy is that Iran used to be a very liberal nation, didn't it? I mean, it, you know, you see pictures of it in the 60s and the 70s and it mm. looks like You're an right. amazing yes. place. It looks yes. just a fabulous sort of Mediterranean country, everybody exactly, yeah. having a lovely yes. life. 
That's true. I mean, that, you know, we need to put it in the context that probably、mm. was limited to, say, maybe 20, 30% of the population.、Mm. As so many of these traditional societies, the educated, the middle classes, the affluent、mm. in urban areas lived like that. But what was astonishing was. The level of tolerance that it didn't matter. You know, in my school, of course, we had a uniform, and like girls who wear uniforms all over the world, we would try to hitch it up a few inches <laughs> and, you know, do all the things that you do. But there were two girls in my class of about 28 who wore a headscarf, and that、mm. was absolutely fine. And amongst my aunts, I had an aunt who really observed this, you know, coverage of her hair. And I had、mm. another aunt who, no, went, you know, clubbing. So it was this level that you had an element of choice. Of course,、mm. if you were in a restrict family and your grandpa didn't approve of it, yes, you had le- less choice. But there,、mm. it wasn't written in the law that mm. you mm. will dress. In this way, you will move in that way, you will go to the places that we allow you, and you know, so many other things. You travel when a male lets you, and you know, so it percolates through every level of society. The、and、police have been on motorbikes with guns and everything, haven't they? Driving yes, the yes,、clouds. yes. So they started with tear gas and、uh, water cannons, and then they、mm. used、um, these paintball guns to then mark individuals who could then you know, be identified and dealt、mm. with and arrested. And then gradually, then blank bullets, and then it was absolutely open fire and targeted. So there are, there's a lot of footage. Which we're of course limited in what we get because they keep、mm. closing down the internet and you know, really lowering the bandwidth. But what you see is the random shootings, but there are targeted shootings. And that is really, really an unfair battle. The thing is, it's so difficult for us in the West. We look at this and we、yeah. just think this is so far from our own perception mm, of how mm. people should live. I mean, is it religious or is it misogynistic or is it both? What is it? Why, is, what, why are this targeting so much of women? Because, you know, I know that the regime is very intolerant of homosexuals and, you know,、yes. anyone who's not completely straight down the line, but the women seem to get, just bear the brunt of it. They do, they do. And it's been, you know, this hasn't op- happened overnight. So there、mm. has been, you know, decades of building up to this level of restriction. And it's a combination of a very patriarchal society where honor、mm. and, you know, modes of、uh, behavior really matter. But it's also a misogynistic regime. It is, you know, the arbiters are these very f- often. Isolated clergy、mm. whose average age is about 87. They just come down with these notions, and often all sorts of、um, superstition comes to it. So, if you suddenly say that to a country which is on an earthquake zone, if you say that we've had this series of tremors, it's because、uh, you、mm. lot didn't cover your hair properly, or you、mm. protested because you wanted to watch your football game.、Mm. At the big stadium, and we didn't let you go, and you shouted and you screamed, and this is what happened. So it's, it's medieval. Whole, it's, it's, it's just it's medieval. Yeah, it's yeah, medieval. Yeah. But what is very annoying is you may choose to live you know, under medieval law,、mm. but you might just happen to be living in 2022. But you can't have it both ways. You can't have incredible、mm. scientific ambitions. You cannot. 
expect to be a part of every UN or whatever global organization is that looks at secular activities. Mm. You know, you want to have your nuclear ambitions and then come and dictate to women mm. these draconian rules. Mm. And now it's no longer just women. They almost have a loathing for the young. You cannot... Yeah. For example, the corporal punishment, if you like, these lashings that are embedded in the sentencing. You know, you could have a political activist or you could have a mm. journalist who simply covered something. If you say that you're, okay, you're sentenced to, I don't know, six and a half years prison and 74 lashes when you are released, this is disgusting. This is, yeah. you know, you might give them eight years imprisonment, but what is this lashing, which is so formalized. Again, it's, it's, it's like stoning. It's the same sort of thing. Exactly. It's barbaric. It's so exactly. But not because I think what's fascinating for us is the age of all the protesters. Yeah. I mean, incredible footage on Instagram and Twitter of very young schoolgirls mm. sort of yes. shouting yeah. at teachers, yes. giving them the finger. Yeah, it's I mean, it's impressive. And I don't know if you saw one, there is one that it really is the making of a film, like, you know, a comedy of sorts, because all these young girls, it's a sort of a primary school almost, or just, you mm. know, year sevens and shouting because they've had a, a public official come and talk about it. It's like the Trinians, importance it looks of like, stuff. actually. And, the, exactly, <laughs> and then do you see the headmistress up? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, besides this, I'm running Doesn't down, thinking, oh, my yeah. God, oh, my God, you know, I have to shut them up. They're very punchy and they're very brave. But the other thing that mm. I think is so difficult about all this stuff is that it gives, you know, Islam a really bad name. I mean, I'm not an Islamic scholar. You are. I mean, I don't, you know. I, yeah, no, no, there... no, I'm not either, but I sort of <laughs> live it a little bit. Yes. yes. Yeah. But I mean, there's nothing as far as I know in the teachings about women having to sort of cover their hair. Uh, cover their hair. Or... That came much later. I mean, it's all the interpretation of mm. these rules that were put into practice, you know, 1400 years ago. Mm. And what is, you know, there is so much beauty in the language that sort of uh, describes these laws or restrictions or whatever, the mode of life, the way of life. But in for Iranians, you know, when the Islam sort of split into many schools mm. of Islam, but there was the Shi'is, which is the dominant religion in Iran, versus the Sunnis, which is the rest of the Islamic world. And they defer to the you know fourth, the grandson of Prophet Imam Ali. And there is this beautiful saying that you'll see it inscribed in Arabic, in Persian, on so many, mm. you know, posters, etc., that says, you know, God is beautiful and loves beauty. And it's a wonderful play with words. And again, you know, God is, God is kind and loves kindness. And this mm. sense of beauty that throughout Islamic scripture discourses, the love for all things beautiful. Okay, mm. you can interpret that differently. But this is this brutal suppression yeah. of mm. any 
expression of it's ugly yourself. and it's cruel yeah. it's ugly oh, and it's cruel it's... and you know when you see when you go i mean now when you go to places like alhambra and in yes. spain and you yeah. see you know islamic art and you see True, all this yes, stuff yes. That, yes. all this incredibly yes. beautiful mm, beautiful mm. stuff of course and of then course. it's a culture that you know I mean, persia you know the cradle of civilization all that it's of a course. it's it's yes. an incredibly sophisticated and elegant and beautiful yes. culture and it just yes. seems that it's been sort of taken over by these sort of you know medieval grunts it's you like the spanish so inquisition yeah. yeah grunt is this crotchety um <laughs> yeah. ghastly frustrated men it's absolutely you know, the most terrible halitosis for some reason yeah, I yeah, well, they, they do. oh my god you are so right you are so right and it and it is just you know i mean to have just this concept of you know i do morality mm. police but but the whole thing is so formalized so you mm. have these um fixed or mobile cameras like you have in every highway here for you know mm. speed mm. control and taking pictures of you and then you get the letter through the post mm. um that you find and with a picture so they have this in iran for mm. monitoring the headwear in the car so you will get in it and car? nowadays in the cars when you're traveling the car so if at a okay. at a junction or on a motorway or in the you know dual carriageway or whatever or in a car park these cameras that pick you up and your scarf has slightly slipped mm. and um, now in iran is very technologically savvy and quite mm. good so never mind waiting for the letter to arrive in the post you get mm. text immediately what? the number plate recognition will also so you might be driving your mom's car or your you know mm. uncle's car or a company car the owner will also receive a text and very clearly very in a very formal language and a very polite language it says this was spotted and here is the photograph and you have to come and bring the vehicle and there is a hefty fine your What? car or your it's mom's like car tale, or your, can be can be impounded so it is that level of punishment you know after a while yeah. you think okay maybe it's just not worth it or my But mom also, will kill also, me just a very sinister ideology yes. using modern yes. technology do you think that this is going to be another revolution revolutions i suppose they need a charismatic leader or a group to mm. for people to rally behind them there is no mm. such a mm, person no. but maybe this is a new maybe you don't need a figure maybe the movement can be a game changer and this didn't start as a political movement it was just mm. let me breathe let me have a choice if mm. i don't mm. want to wear this awful thing in the temperature of 45 degrees centigrade mm -hmm. in the summer let me have a choice but now it has become political because the response has been so brutal and mm. other places i mean there have been you know in the southeastern border of iran in baluchistan they were they fired onto this mosque when the sunnis were praying you mm. know about 50 people were killed there they're bombing the border of iran iraq you know kurdish mm. region it's escalating into mm. a forum for letting out frustrations and steam that has been just mm. entrapped for over 40 years. I mean, there's nothing really that the West can do because obviously we can't just sort of show up and... Well, no, no I guess and I were just discussing, Sarah, about that. There's an amazing video of all these French actresses cutting their hair, which mm. is incredibly powerful. So I think... Mm. We have to. Yeah, but, but I mean, I, but I don't know that that's going to make the, the, no, make the regime no. change their it, mind, it's is it? It's not I mean, going to change. No, 
No. No. And in fact, what they're saying, I mean, some of this uh, cleric saying, oh, no, no, no. I mean, you, you know, the symbolic thing is taking your scarf off and setting mm. it on fire. And so they said, okay, that will, we can't uh, let this go on because next they will be taking off their underwear in the public and set fire <laughs> to that and then just wander around naked. Like yeah, all yeah. these model European celebrities mm. or Western mm. celebrities are. So, yes, they will dismiss this. But... What has begun to matter is when in the French parliament, when there was a speaker asked for a minute silence and a minute of cheering for these women, when there are some countries are considering separate sanctions or mm -hmm. expelling ambassador. I think those things matter. Those it's things local matter, yeah. Partners. Yes. And yeah. I think I jolly well hope that, for example, Iran's membership of certain UN bodies, I think they are there for women's um, rights or human rights. Think they're a member there. These things have to be reconsidered. Yeah. I mean, because and it's it, one thing to say to somebody, look, you know, we would like you to wear a headscarf in a certain way. Would you yes. mind doing that? It's quite another yes. to beat that person to death. Oh, you of know course, what I mean? absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, yeah. because the other side of the coin, I mean, you know, Iran keeps saying, oh, well, why are you all these hashtags and Instagrams? Where is a single one that you have um, issued, you've shared in defense of French uh, Muslim women who want to wear their headscarf? Mm. But, you know, at no point does it say that, you know, they will be dragged into the street no. and beaten. And, no, exactly. You know, and, of course, and also in France, you can wear a headscarf. You just can't of wear a headscarf. Of course you can. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's simply in, you know, as a public figure mm. or in the, you know, certain public thing, which is, Fair enough. It mm. is really this idea that, you know, it's only the Islamophobics who mm. have started this and it's because they have their own issues. They're not doing well in the Ukraine-Russia combat, so they want to divert yeah. attention. And I mean, you know, this is... But I, I am optimistic. I had never, not for a moment, did I think it will go on for as long mm. as it's done. I kept thinking, you know, if I was in Iran living there now and if I had a daughter, oh my God, I think I would lock her in. I wouldn't let her yeah. out of my sight. Mm. But what we see is mothers, fathers, mm. certainly brothers, certainly male friends and cousins are shielding these girls and they mm. are paying the price. There is, mm. you know, for every girl that's been shot, there are two or three boys who've been... Mm brutally attacked. Do you think the majority of Iranian men think it's all absolutely awful as well? Are they... Maybe not a majority. I think majority of the young think it's yeah. awful um, and don't support it. Um, mm. Some, you know, because I think it gives men so much control uh, that mm. they might think this is a thin end of the wedge if they're allowed mm. to walk around without a scarf. What about the freedom of movement? What about freedom of application for a passport? What mm -hmm. about freedom of custody? Uh, which are all, these are all problematic things. And, you know, if there is this drip, 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 drip of propaganda or poisonous discourse that you say if you know your wife will be disloyal to you she will have an affair if she goes to work <laughs> without a scarf on and etc and all her male colleagues will you know rape her etc etc if you've lived through 
40 years plus of this, the same mm. way you've lived through Americans have it in for you, mm-hmm. you know, all this hostile kinds have it in for you, it might begin to work. You might think, oh my God, I'm not sure my gorgeous daughter or my gorgeous mm. wife, oh, well, maybe I don't really want her to go and work mm. in that office where there are predominantly male colleagues. Maybe, you know, I should insist that she should wear a scarf. But I think that's maybe ger- generational. And I mm. think it's changing. I don't think it's there's really any evidence that scarves make women less attractive. I think they actually well, make them more attractive. <laughs> do you know? Oh, oh, my goodness. It's just, you know, it's it really... Draws attention to the eyes. Do you know? It's I, I really, think they yeah. always look so beautiful with their mark. I their agree with you, on. yes. <laughs> and, you know, have you seen, if you look at the industry, which is plastic surgery in Iran, I think mm. Iran and Brazil compete mm. for the top yeah. uh, country as a destination of uh, plastic surgery. And when you say, and even men, I mean, the number of men that have nose job done and cheekbone mm. job done and etc. Because if that's all you have to show, oh, it's so extraordinary. Right. Yes. I mean, yes. you look at these uh, pictures, the tattooed eyebrows, the makeup, mm. where it's just this beautiful, but rather sometimes mm. scary and artificial face. Mm. So, you know, when I was a teenager, my goodness, I mean, if we had our monobrow or whatever moustache mm. and, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't even allowed to bleach my, you know, and we all looked like that and it didn't matter and hairy legs and all but but it is when you are not allowed because you think it didn't matter i mean i can you know join the basketball mm. netball team or whatever mm. that's fine and it is when you you cannot box in a young soul you can't i mean my god we know here with our own teenagers we all know mm. With the music, with whatever. I mean, look at the, can, can we control Glastonbury campsite or all of these things? They are young and you you cannot deny this. Basics of freedom. Well, I mean, as you say, it's a bunch of rather bitter old men. Of course. Um, trying to control course. beautiful young trying women. Trying to control beautiful the, young women. Yes, and the that's alarm, it, yeah. yes, the alarming Good luck to them with is, that in the end, actually. Well, I, you know, but what worries me and breaks my heart is the women who also facilitate this. There yeah. are, there's mm. always a woman who will say, no, 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 you know, you know those head, headmistresses, those women prison guards, those women mm. um, morality police, mm. you know, it, those women who administer the lashings they are until there is a special place in hell for them there is a special place in hell for them well anyway thank you thank you that's not um, at all all we have time for but it's a fascinating discussion and um, let's see how it progresses and maybe we'll speak again yes i hope Um, to talk about happier things yes yes Yes. thank you very much that was Nagas Fazad, chair of the Centre for Iranian Studies at SOAS. Thank you. Did you know that looking after your sexual health just got easier? With the Boots Online Doctor, you can get access to test kits and prescription treatments for a variety of sexual health issues if it's appropriate for you. You don't need to wait for an appointment. You can just fill in an online questionnaire and keep on top of your sexual health from the privacy of your own home. For more information, visit boots.com slash online doctor. Access to treatment is subject to an online consultation with a clinician to assess suitability. Subject availability, charge supply. 
Animal shelters across the country are reporting that pets are the latest victims of the cost of living crisis as people are forced to surrender their animals because they can no longer afford to care for them. Joining us now is Jane Tyson, Senior Scientific Officer in the RSPCA's Companion Animal Department. Hi, Jane. Thanks for joining us. Hi, nice to be invited. So I've been hearing awful things about shelters piling up with animals, particularly dogs, which people have got during lockdown, and then realise that actually a dog is quite a lot of hard work. Mm. Some, I would argue, even more hard work than a child on occasions. Certainly my Much dogs. Much more hard anyway. work. Yes, exactly. And more expensive. I mean, the cost of vet bills these days is outrageous. Mm. So what's happening? What are you seeing? Yeah, absolutely. Ourselves, like other animal rescue centres up and down the country, are seeing Mm. quite a surge in animals coming in. It's not just dogs, it's other animals Mm. as well. We're seeing lots more animals like rabbits and guinea pigs coming into Mm. our care and other small animals too. There's several possible reasons for that now. Of course, you alluded to the fact that more people became pet owners during the pandemic. Mm. Um, And for people that maybe got pets on impulse during that time or hadn't done their research properly, they may now find themselves in a position that as life's going back to normal and people have Mm. gone back to work and things, they're in that position where they're no longer able to care for their pet. Now, on top of that, of course, we're all experiencing this spiralling in the the cost of living. Um, For some people, sadly, they're finding themselves in a position where they're struggling to simply afford pet care. And that's another Mm. reason as to why animal centres like ourselves at the RSPCA are seeing this rise in animals coming in. Is it mainly dogs, do you think, that are coming in? We are seeing a rise in dogs, but also particularly rabbits and and guinea pigs as well, Mm. the sort of smaller animals as well. What we are seeing with dogs is that we're seeing more larger dogs coming in. We're also Mm. seeing more dogs coming in that need some level of behavioural intervention and rehabilitation. Mm. Do you think people have got dogs that they can't handle, like, you know, breeds that they don't really understand? I mean, I just think most people don't understand how to train dogs. It could be an element of people not understanding what they're taking on, but also what Mm. we were seeing during the pandemic, if you think back to a couple of years ago, when we were all in different types of lockdown restrictions, things Mm. like puppy socialisation classes, dog training classes, they had to be stopped because of the uh, restrictions placed on uh, on socially. Also, we weren't able to go out and meet people and do things Mm. to the same extent, so during the very critical development of puppies, they were missing out on those Mm. meeting people, meeting new experiences, meeting Mm. other dogs. And that really can have an impact on their life going forward Mm. and potentially is another reason why more are needing our expert behavioural help that we give. I also presume, because we were at home the whole time, that they all got quite sort of spoilt by (laughs) affection and people sitting there and being nice to them. So I imagine if you're going out to work now... Mm. They feel quite isolated. I mean, both Sarah and I have dogs and mine is incredibly needy of affection and follows me around all day, every day. Oh, yes, no, but that's because she's a lasser app, so mine does the same. We both have lasses. <laughs> we both have lasses, Jane. They're a refined taste, I have to say. They are the princess. They're not for everyone. <laughs> but again, you, you mentioned an important point. You know, when we were working from home when the children were able to go to school we were spending more mm. time in our houses we weren't going out to the same extent we couldn't go on holiday we couldn't have our mm. day trips so we were spending more time at home and certainly for puppies that got very used to that now mm. when you're going back out to work your kids are off to school all that sort of thing mm. they're finding themselves at home and they're not mm. used to it and if they've not been trained that being left alone is okay and it's not something to, to worry about then they can struggle But also, I think there's an element of people wanting a certain type of dog. Some dogs are fashionable and some dogs are not. So you'll get a sort of, you tend to get these breed surges, don't you, where suddenly everybody wants a 
you know, Frenchie or suddenly everybody wants a cavapoo or whatever. And then instead of people just going to rescue centres and thinking, I just want a nice dog, I don't really care what it looks like, they buy puppies and then, of course, people breed puppies in order to sell them. And the prices are, you know, they're attractive to people, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, that's certainly something that we did see during lockdown where Mm. uh, more people were looking for pets in general and dogs Mm. and certain uh, breeds of dogs. Prices did rise quite considerably. And that also opens the doors to sort of criminality and people that are, mm. are breeding animals without animal welfare in mind, taking advantage of the rise in prices. So, how much do you think the increase in vet fees, which I've noticed, I mean, a lot of veterinary surgeries have now been bought out by sort of big conglomerates and hedge funds and stuff, and they seem to be run almost. You know, I mean, my my vet, which was lovely, was bought out a few years ago, and now all they seem to do is try and sell me spurious operations for things that my dogs don't really need. And it just seems that the vet's fees have just become prohibitive for people. What sort of price are you talking, by the way, of vet's fees? Me? Mm. Well, I mean, the other day I took my dog in because he, he's an off, he's a bit old and he sort of develop every now and again he grows a sort of unpleasant lump. Mm. Um, so I, I took him in to have the unpleasant lump looked at and they sort of stuck a needle in it and biopsied it and that was, and that was about 500 quid. What? Just to say, oh, it's just an unpleasant lump, which I knew in the Gosh. first place. But, you know, I was just trying to be, you don't want... Due them, diligence. You want, yeah, you don't want him to be... Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's a lot of money. You know, that is yes. a lot of money. Yes, and, a huge amount of money. you know, things like dental care for dogs is off yeah. the scale. I mean, to have a tooth removed, I think, is about four or five hundred quid. It's more expensive what? than a human tooth. Gosh. Jane, is this what you're seeing Normal. a bit? <laughs> is what you're I seeing, mean, there's, yeah. there's no denying, like, pet care is expensive certainly vet bills can uh, form a big part of that so what we mm. say is to look into getting pet insurance to mm. talk to vets regularly to get preventative treatments for your pets now of course those cost money as does insurance mm. but it can help with vet bills that may be unexpected later down mm. the line and keeping on top of those preventative treatments well, of course, the other problem is is that all of the insurers seem to also be just interested in making money because what they do is they will start to exclude things for your dog. I mean, my again, the older the dog, the mm. less likely they are to actually help out. So I think people are facing challenges on a number of levels. I mean, it's not just the cost of dog food. It's just that having a dog is a very expensive business. Mm. Yeah, um, and I wouldn't just say just a dog either. All animals mm. cost money, whether it Cat. comes to that the housing they require, the accessories they need, the food, the vet bills, all that. Adult. Are you putting animals down yet? Has it got to that oh, stage? Gosh. What's your policy on that? Um, no, we're not. We don't mm. do that unless it's in the, the best interest of that the mm. animal with a full behavioural or veterinary assessment. But what mm. we are seeing is that our intake is rising and our rehoming rates are dropping as well. So that means that more animals mm. are coming into our care they're staying in mm. with us for longer and also fewer people are offering new homes, which does put mm. more pressure on our capacity. Mm. Now, there's different ways that we're working with that. Some of our sites are increasing their capacity, building new on-site accommodation. But what we're also doing mm. as well is we're increasing our network of fosterers, which are people that, that mm. volunteer their time and care for animals in their home until a new home can be found for them. And that can be particularly helpful for certain types of animals, thinking, you know, very young animals, 
animals mm-hmm. that might need a bit more TLC because they've got a health condition, for example, or we do get animals that struggle to adapt and cope in our centre environment. So by mm. finding people that are able to look after them in their own home, that can just help them, them settle, help with their rehabilitation and set them on that road to find them a new loving home. And what do you have to do to become a foster carer? Is it hard? Do you have to jump through a lot of hoops or is it sort of something that pretty much anyone can do? Yeah, what I'd say is if anybody is interested in doing that, to um, Mm. go onto the website and find the contact details of their local RSPCA and just give them a call, make contact with them. We Mm -hmm. provide the things that the foster carers need, be that food, we organise vet care that the animals might need. We organise some guidance and some training for them. So it really is the best thing to do is just to contact the local RSPCA because they can talk Mm. people through everything and, and see what sort of animals fit in with them and um, whether they've got those suitable animals. Yes, as well, exactly. So. Yeah. It's like a trial pet, isn't it, if you're fostering? Yes, and also, I mean, I don't think most people know that you've got guinea pigs and rabbits because I, I think quite a lot of people buy guinea pigs and rabbits for their little ones. And if they knew that they could get a sort of second-hand guinea pig or a rabbit, exactly, they probably yes. would come to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people, I think, uh, think that we just take in dogs and cats and we home dogs and cats, mm. but actually we, we take in so many more animals than mm. that, all of which we're, we're looking to find them a new loving home for. So mm. if anybody is thinking about getting a pet, then again, please do contact your local RSPCA. Well, brilliant. Good. Thank you so much, Jane. And also, I think the other thing that we should have is we should bring back dog licences. That's just my mad thing, because I think if you had to get a dog licence for a dog, you'd think very long and hard about getting a dog and it would probably yes. cream off about 20% of useless dog owners. Yes, make them think twice. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you very much, Jane. That was Jane Tyson, Senior Scientific Officer at the RSPCA's Companion Animal Department. You're listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine, and Imogen Edwards-Jones. You can visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces, and more. And if you want to get in touch, you can tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag, or Imogen at Imogen EJ. We're now joined by beauty expert Hannah Betts, who has written in the mail this week about how we should be selective when choosing the trends to follow. Damn right. Yes. And why we should embrace fear when selecting. Look, Hannah, I need to ask you because... Hannah, welcome. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. I have to ask you, as a fashion-type person-type person, what the hell is going on at the fashion shows? Why was there an entire fashion show done in a what looks like a Ukrainian trench? Trench. It's very weird. (laughs) Well, it wasn't my idea. No, Um, (laughs) good. Well, it's an odd thing, isn't it? On the one hand, we're told that fashion isn't as fashiony anymore that we're mm. all being very eco and it's all about style now yes i mean and that's true you know hence everyone the fashion thing for this autumn is trousers trousers ladies and gentlemen um <laughs> which you know so we've kind of gone beyond trends because no one wants to buy trends anymore on the yeah. other hand go to a fashion show in france where they love a bit of concept and yes you will find yourself being in a muddy trench having Mm. stuff thrown I mean that's just what the French like to do Viney so you don't think it's a fashion thing you think it's a French thing I get it we understand it now and otherwise just 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 wear some trousers um, okay, good. You know. I've got some of those somewhere yes good you see (laughs) very good we're we're in on trend finalement Mm. (laughs) anyway tell us about Biotsai this week go on so there are a lot of quite dodge trends around. Oh, um, razor spiked dinosaur eyebrows. Oh, gosh. Glue hair. 
<laughs> that's happening. Brown right. lipstick, which our daughters oh, no. are probably no. wearing. Um, no. Oh, I quite like yes. brown lip. Oh, yes. You see. Oh, Do you? Up. Well, you see. You can't like yes. a brown lip. But a lot of women wear brown lips anyway. Because Actually, they're, no, yeah. they're you would look nice with brown lipstick, Imogen. Yes, because you're very well I wear a brown you look, I wear brown yeah. lips sometimes. You look good in well, orange, there's a lovely... which is basically bright brown. Exactly. <laughs> and so... I think we need to fear that 90s brown that is a bit goth mm. and a bit... It's got a sort of khaki in it and it makes everyone mm. look awful. But yeah, a lot yeah. of my black friends wear brown. A lot of my very warm tone friends wear brown. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah. Glossy has got a lovely new Generation G. You know, it's lovely, powderly, pre-blotted lip flush. And there's one called mm. Malt and everyone's going wild for it, young and old. And also Chanel has some new browns. I suppose one could do brown nails. I mean, rouge noir was always sort of basically browny red. Yes, it's quite browny. Or or think of Clinique's Black Honey, which is a brown. I mean, it's too brown for me because I'm very cool. Mm. But it it can be very sophisticated. You're a cool man. Um, Mm. I'm I'm really cool. You are very cool. But the thing I'm trying to convince male readers and my mates, Viney, and Imo to mm. Don is a bit of blue eyeshadow, but I know some people will will feel horrified. I can do a navy eyeshadow. Exactly, I don't mind a bit of a navy, but I'm not going to yes. do a sort of Valley of the Dolls blue. Do. I think that's the problem for our generation. We grew up with our mothers Valley of the Dollsing out in that kind of baby blue thing, and then there was a, quite a lot of disco. There was Princess Diana's navy blue. Mm. liner you know there was a lot of blue about and then of Mm. course in the early 2000s there was that sort of no eyebrows frosted blue and Mm. then we had the kind of kardashian reaction against it and everything went very neutral but blue is back so some people will be horrified but actually a makeup artist did it for jennifer lopez last autumn and she's 53 and she looks Stunning. I mean, she's Jennifer Lopez. Yes, exactly. She's quite stunning anyway. But she wore it with a sort of neutral kind of caramelly tones. And even on a warm-toned woman, she looked bloody good. I mean, it does add a bit of interest. You know, I mean, I think your eyes are, though, doesn't it, Hannah? Doesn't it depend on what your eyes are? So I'm lucky because I've got green eyes. So there's a nice little pick up there but you know what if you've got warm coloring you can wear a teal you know there are other ways of playing it you don't have to be bright kind of marine blue Mm. very sophisticated victoria beckham's navy eyeliners are just heaven but then i've also Mm. been wearing one that's three quid from revolution beauty and they've Mm -hmm. got both a kind of bright marine blue and they've got a tealy color but zara's Mm. blues they've got one Mm. that would suit cool types like me mm. and then they've got mm. one that would look amazing on you Imo. know what's great in zara is their perfume that okay. Joseph oh yeah you keep banging on about done. that sarah oh, my, yeah. sorry am i being am i'm I being obsessed with leather jardin which i think i've uh, bored you about before and there's a yes. patchouli flower which i'm going to be writing about which is bliss do you mm. girls go to kiko um, no, i love kiko I mean, it's so good. And they're always mm. having sort of bog-offy offers and reducing mm. things. Mm. And I have to say, colours. Oh, my god. No, they're goodness. amazing. Yeah, very intense. But if, if Actually, you really... Hannah, I must get you, I must ask you next time, will you do an autumn fragrance thing for us? Oh, oh yes. Let's do that. Yes. I love an autumn fragrance. Oh, yeah. You just it's like the, the fragrance, to be honest, Sarah. It's the I do like fragrance. It's true. I do love a fragrance. Yeah. I'm a bit yes. of a fragrance. Oh, yes. no, and there are some cracking ones about. So, And some really beautiful candles as well. 
Very good. Well, thank you, Hannah. That was Hannah Betts, friend of the show. You've been listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine, and Imogen Edwards-Jones in her sickbed. <laughs> you can visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces, and more. And if you want to get in touch, you can tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag, or Imogen at Imogen EJ. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.